Back in the day when my girls were born, it was not easy to share photos and videos with loved ones, but you have a fantastic option available, the Family Album app. The Family Album app was created in 2015 and has operated in the long term to give parents a secure and easy way to share photos and videos with loved ones. It's a totally secure personal haven for your family's memories. I love that there's no third-party ads, no unwanted eyes. Now, let me share some of the great features that make the Family Album app a go-to app. First off, the app automatically sorts photos and videos by month, allowing you to swipe back in time and see how your child has grown. No more scrolling through endless feeds or searching through folders. Another cool feature about the Family Album app is you can order eight free photo prints every month to be delivered to your home. It's really nice to have some tangible pictures to hold onto or share to document each month of your baby's life. Plus, the Family Album app has unlimited storage and it is totally free. Yes, you heard that right. No more worrying about running out of space or being bombarded by ads when you're just trying to relive those heartwarming moments. So if you are still trying to use other messaging apps for your kids' photos, it is time to level up your family photo game with a free photo sharing app. Head over to the App Store today, search Family Album, it's all one word, download the app and start creating a legacy of love one photo at a time. Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. For the final episode of 2021, I am delighted to bring you this rebroadcast episode of my conversation with my husband, Falcon, where we talk about his perspective of our girl's birth. I hope you all had a lovely 2021. I am so excited to see you back in 2022 with a brand new episode. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth Podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a practicing board-certified OBGYN who's had the privilege of helping hundreds of moms bring their babies into this world. I'm here to help you be knowledgeable, prepared, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick 
note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at ncrcoaching.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 81. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me today. So on this episode of the podcast, I have my husband, Falcon. Yes, Falcon, like the bird. And he is on to share his experience of our daughter's births. A while back, I had someone reach out and say, it would be great to hear a dad's perspective of a birth story. And I decided that I really wanted the first dad on my podcast to be my husband. So I kind of harassed him until he agreed to come on. And I wanted him to come on because he is such a great dad, as you will hear me say in the episode. But honestly, I was also really just kind of curious about what he would say. This isn't something that I ever feel like we've talked about in great detail, even though our girls are now 10 and 12. And I actually learned some things that I did not know after we had this conversation. So We had a great talk about what prenatal care was like from his perspective, how he felt about the transition to parenthood and preparing for it, what my labor was like for him, and why he didn't want to talk about how my C-section experience was for him. For anybody who's listened to the podcast before or followed me, you know that my first C-section was done with inadequate anesthesia. It was a bit of a traumatic experience for me. And he shares why he actually didn't want to talk about that in detail on the podcast today. Now, y'all, he was a little bit nervous to come on, but he did a great job. And I know that you are going to enjoy this episode. Now, real quick, before we get into the episode, let's do a listener shout out. The title of the review, and this was from Apple Podcast, says a boost of confidence. And it says, Dr. Rankins, thank you. As a male listener and first time father to be, this podcast has provided me a great, and that's all caps, great boost of confidence for being a supportive and knowledgeable partner for my wife as she carries our baby. Your podcast is very insightful unbiased, informative, and a great resource on questions that we had and questions we didn't know we had. We've learned so much and feel very empowered as we matriculate through this pregnancy. We've utilized the free course on creating the birth plan and successfully found an OB based on using the interview questions provided in the course. We look forward to learning more and will continue to support you and your work. God bless you, the Baxters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that really lovely review. I so appreciate it. And I love how you are so involved in getting educated and empowered as an expectant dad. I 100% encourage all partners to do exactly what he did in that regard. So you should definitely encourage your partner to listen to the podcast or go through my materials with you, whether it's my free class on how to make a birth plan that works or my signature online childbirth education class, the birth preparation course. Partners should definitely take part so that they too can be empowered to really advocate for you as the birthing person. All right, so let's get into the episode with my husband, Falcon. So 
we have tried to do this many times and we keep laughing or because it's just weird because we're in different rooms, but and, and in the same house and we've never done this before. So this feels like a little bit awkward, but at any rate, I am really excited that you agreed to do this after I kind of slightly harassed you a little bit to death. Slightly? <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but I really wanted to have the perspective of a dad on the podcast. And of course, I wanted the first dad on the podcast to be my dear, sweet, loving, wonderful husband of almost 15 years. Well, hopefully that doesn't end up being a mistake on your part, but cool, let's do this. <laughs> it will not be. It will not be. All right. So I thought we would focus on our first daughter's birth, because I feel like that was the one that was a lot of things for us and a little bit of trial by fire. Yeah. Okay. So why don't we start off by having you talk about what was the experience of prenatal care like for you? Um, I mean, which aspect specifically? Because it was really just sort of me showing up for appointments with you and paying attention and, and yeah, so I, I guess I wonder, like, how do you feel like you as a dad were treated during visits? Do you feel like you were ignored? Do you feel like you were invisible? Like, what did it feel like for you? I wouldn't say ignored um, or invisible, at least. Yeah, you know, sometimes it, it really came down to who the who the provider was, you know, who the, 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 the nurse that we were seeing, you know, in, in their particular temperament, I guess. Um, so yeah, there were certainly times where I felt sort of like secondary in the whole part. Um, but I think that's kind of understandable. You know, we, I guess we reflect a lot on like how, you know, society builds these roles for us as men and women. And, and yeah, like most people are probably generally, you know, less concerned about the father uh, or the male in the room at the time. So I guess it wasn't surprising maybe to, to feel, you know, secondary visits so kind of like accepted as sort of how you would expect but I, I mean I imagine do you I, I wonder do dads feel like ignored like is there something that you would have wanted differently I guess yeah I mean of course it, it'd be nicer a nicer experience if I felt you know more engaged in it uh, you know engaged by the provider um uh, but, you know, and, and the other thing too is, you know, this was, this was what, 10, 12 years ago or however yeah. old our children are. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know. <laughs> 10 and 12. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure, I, I'm hopeful that attitudes have changed a, a lot in the past 10 years, but. Um, yeah, we'll have to ask people after the episode what their thoughts are on yeah. how things have changed for sure. But yeah, it, it has been a while in fairness. Also in fairness, I delivered and I, I got prenatal care at the place where I worked, you know, where yeah. I used to work. So people knew me. Yes, that probably did not help. <laughs> <laughs> so it was natural for them to kind of talk to me more than yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the experience of me being pregnant, us being pregnant, however you want to say it like for you, because I know that I was pretty anxious and you can be honest <laughs> no, I mean, I was no more anxious than usual. Yeah. God. What was the experience like for me, for you being pregnant? Um, I remember 
feeding you a lot, uh, <laughs> trying to make sure that you had, you know, a well-balanced diet and we're getting plenty of fruits and vegetables, things like that. Beyond that, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. This doesn't answer the question, but like, uh, I guess in, in thinking about things for this, you know, this podcast interview, you know, just sort of reflecting on, on how much like you kind of expect having children to be this life altering thing. And it hasn't really been that way for me. Like it just kind of feels normal, you know? So it's just kind of like this weird question of like, well, what was it like, you know, what was this particular period? Like, I don't know. It's just kind of part of, it's just another part of the 15 years that we had together, you know, like it's not, I guess I understand why it's just stick out, you know, because we were bringing new lives into this world, but you know, it just, you know, thinking back on it, it just still feels very normal and just like almost like a typical day in a sense. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It does. And I think it speaks to like your general kind of personality, but also it makes me feel like one, <laughs> did you just marry a crazy anxious person and you're just used, <laughs> you're just used to it? <laughs> or like, because for me, it felt like, especially in the beginning, I felt you know, looking back, I just felt really like really, really anxious. I was anxious about getting pregnant. I was, you know, like trying to get pregnant. And then when I had that bleeding episode in the very beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once like we found out that she was going to have, you know, a problem, quote unquote, at birth, it, it, it was just so much for me. But it's interesting to me how you seem to have processed it either, you know, later or in the moment, it just felt like something that was part and parcel for what you signed up for, so to speak. Yeah, I think that's really what it is. Like, you know, we were gonna love our child regardless of what the outcome was, right? So yeah, you know, obviously like the drama was was not fun, you know, um the the multiple dramas throughout <laughs> that pregnancy and, and delivery but you know i guess like looking back on it like it, it it all worked out so it's kind of hard to like not hard but you know i don't really look back and have those same sorts of feelings of anxiety you know those aren't the parts that I hang on to i guess but certainly yeah like yeah it was scary at moments um but it's that kind of fear where like you don't really have an option you know, like you, you have to keep going, you have to figure something out, you have to face what's going on. So what's the point? In, I, I don't know. No, I mean, I get what you're totally saying. And it totally speaks to how, like I said, how you are as a person. And in general, I think how you help balance me out and keep my, yeah. my anxiousness <laughs> at bay and keep it, keep it from getting like, overwhelming. You know, that's how you as a support person, you know, that's why I lean on you. Um, I'm getting a little sappy here, I guess, as as my partner, for sure, and best friend, for sure. But also, I, I mean, I guess I should clarify that, like, you know, just because I'm sitting here and, and sort of, I, I don't want to be dismissive of this, like, for other people that are going through this, or even, like, you know, of ourselves at the time, like, yeah, this is, like, scary stuff when you're in the middle of it, obviously. But yeah, this just... Like I said, it, it, looking back on it, like those aren't the sorts of things that I hang on to, I right. guess. Right, right. 
Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual, their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. So... Let's look back a little bit on some of the more drama moments, like you said. How, what was, what were your thoughts when we first found out? And I remember very clearly we were at an ultrasound and they realized that there was a potential or that something was wrong that they could see on the ultrasound. What were your thoughts about when we found out that we made, that she had this, this issue? And I should say the issue, guys, is duodenal atresia. Our first daughter was born with an intestinal malformation where her the first part of her intestines weren't connected. She had to have surgery three days after she was born. And we'll talk about what that was like. But we found out during the pregnancy that there was some issue. So what was that like for you? Yeah, I mean, same sort of thing. Like, of course, it's, it's a shock and it's, it's scary because you don't know what the outcome's going to be. But I, I remember talking to a friend and like, you know, just sort of confessing, like, like I'm supposed to be this child's father. Like, I can't even protect her from this. And he's just like, you're, you're, you're being stupid. Like, you know, of course you can't protect her from this. Like, this is just what's happening, you know? Um, you know, so I, I guess like, you know, talking to that friend sort of almost having this moment of feeling like, like I've already failed in my duty as a father, you know, which, you know, to stop something that was like clearly out of my control, you know? And, and so like, <laughs> Yeah. So I guess maybe once I kind of got that foolish thought out of my head. Which I didn't know that you thought, by the way, I'm guessing you didn't tell me that at the time. Today, I didn't know that you felt that way. Yeah. Well, you know, you learn something new every day. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, you know, I think maybe I probably didn't confess it because I I think even at the time, like, you know, I, I, I realized how ridiculous that was, you know. But again, it speaks to like in the moment you have these thoughts and like how do you deal with them? And and yeah, I think my way of finding peace of it is just like, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And if this child comes out this way or that, we're still going to love her. We're still going to take care of her. We're still going to do everything we need, you know, to the best of our ability. So, you know, you just have to keep moving forward, I guess. Yeah, I know. I felt definitely very stressful because... We had to make that decision about because because this particular malformation can be associated with um, chromosome issues and we like a particularly um, trisomy 21 or Down syndrome most often. And we had, you know, we decided to do the amniocentesis to look at the chromosomes. I felt like that was stressful and how we would have handled that. Yeah. And, and by the time we had gotten to that point, like I really, 
like I had found peace with that, you know. So whatever the test results were going to say, like I was, that was going to be okay, you know. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> we got the diagnosis. We, you know, did the amniocentesis. Everything was good. Then I remember us meeting with the pediatric surgeon, and after that, I kind of felt more calm about things because I felt like he was just kind of like, oh, most of these babies are born full term. They, you know, they stay, in the, they stay in the hospital for a couple days and we fix it and then they go home. Uh, do you, do you recall that at all? I don't even remember that. I vaguely remember going to his office. Yeah. But I, I don't remember the discussion. I don't, you know, that didn't, that doesn't stick with me. Okay. Yeah. I re- Cause that's so different than what we actually experienced. Yeah. <laughs> so before we talk about like me going into labor and her being born eight weeks early, did you feel like during the pregnancy, like you felt like you needed to do anything to prepare for your role as like being my support person or being a dad? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of like about the, the preparation and the stockpiling and, and, you know, because of us, we didn't have to buy toilet paper, you know, through the first three <laughs> months of quarantine. Because, we didn't have to buy toilet paper or paper towels. Or, right. And I still haven't, it. and I haven't been in a grocery store and I don't know how long because of you. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, I don't remember the specifics, but I'm sure that like I was hard at work kind of setting things up and making sure that, that we had what we needed. And I, I do remember like after, after she was born and, uh, you know, my, um, my fully stocked diaper bag, you know. You have always been so much better at those things than me, for sure. But yeah, uh, you know, it wasn't that I was, I don't know how to say it. Like, it wasn't that I had this sort of like, you're going to be a dad now, so you have to go do X, Y, and Z. You know, it's just, you know, this is happening. Like, we have to make sure that we're all ready for this. So what do we need? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then was there anything that you thought about, like, in terms of the actual experience of her birth that you felt like you wanted or needed or anything? Or was it just kind of like, I'm gonna show up and we're gonna have a baby? You know, like, no, this part, I think is harder for me, because I think really, you know, again, it's sort of like thinking about, you know, thinking back to some of the stuff that happened you know, as we were, you know, going back and forth and you were really twisting my arm to do this interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just like, I, I don't have, I think, a healthy relationship with hospitals in general. Um, and, you know, just uh, the hospitals are not associated with positive outcomes for me. And and I think, again, sort of reflecting on this and looking back on that, like that whole lead up for the hospital, I probably didn't even want to think about um, you know, so it wasn't, you know, I would never like try to imagine what the perfect ideal setup for this was, you know, like in hindsight, I was very much like from the time we showed up, it was always like, what do we have to do to get out of here as quickly as possible? Do you think that's related to your experience with your dad? Uh, yeah, you know, so it, it, not just my dad, you know, I've got multiple uncles and aunts and cousins who have, you know, gotten sick and died. And I've been at the bedside of, you know, two loved ones as they passed away, you know. So, yeah, I think these things really you know, don't give me a very rosy outlook on on, on what hospitals are. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. So you kind of like felt like I don't want to 
I'll deal with it when that comes. I'm not going to think about like how this experience should go sort of thing. Well, I think at the time it was probably much more uh, sort of avoidance kind of thing. Like I'm just not going to think about it. Um, But yeah, like again, sort of reflecting on it, you know, especially 10 years later, 12 years later, um, you know, and just kind of realizing that about myself that, yeah, I think from the, the moment that we stepped foot into a hospital, like my mind was just trying to figure out, like, how do we get out here as quickly as possible? You know? Yeah, I can, I can see that for sure. All right. So let's talk about the big day. So <laughs> I will share a little bit and I've shared before in the podcast about how the experience went for me. And um, so it started out with me having contractions. And I remember being at home in the bathroom, having contractions, and then saying, hey, I think we need to go to the hospital. So what was that day like for you? Um, I was trying to detail my car, if I remember correctly. (laughs) Um, It was exactly a week after my birthday. Yep. Like I was still trying to celebrate my detail in my car. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, the first time that you said it was kind of yeah, it was kind of an interruption. <laughs> and and, yes, and keep in mind that I was anxious, so I would right. like little things. I would just be like, "What's going on?" Like so. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's what I was about to say. Like you, you if you're honest, like you know, sometimes that first one is just kind of you being anxious. You know, that that first complaint is is just you being anxious. So so there was sort of like the the process of trying to like figure out, you know, is this is this real or not? You know, but. Sorry, they're all real. <laughs> <You> know, but, <laughs> but is this something that we really need to, um, you know, be attentive to? And and uh, if I remember correctly, like it didn't take much to convince me to get in the car, right? No, it didn't. It didn't. I, and I should say, I had been having contractions before that, but they weren't. They were irregular. They weren't like pain, really painful. But it was it was clearly like very different that day. So what about the car ride to the hospital? Yeah, you know, I think I, I will admit that, that, and I've told you this before, like mm-hmm. I was still skeptical until we got on the interstate and looked over and saw you like gripping the, the, the handle of the door, um, which is when I realized that you actually were like in, you were experiencing something for real. And that's when, when I definitely started taking it more seriously, yeah. And I'm not like a, I don't think loud, I'm going to be more like quiet about. yes. Yeah, what I'm ex- if I'm in pain about something. So yeah, so we pull up to the hospital, and I knew that you thought it was serious because did you, you let somebody valet the car? Yeah, which, which you never yeah. ever ever do. <laughs> you let somebody valet the car, so I was like, okay, he's like, it was this. your car, so that did make it <laughs> a little bit easier. But yeah, uh, so. Um, we get up to labor and delivery and then we off on the show of like trying to convince everybody that everything was okay. If I remember correctly, <laughs> like you mean me trying to convince or like, no, everybody like oh. you and the nurses and the doctors, are, you know, all just trying to be like, yeah, everything's fine. You know? And see, I don't remember it like that. Like you, I feel like, I don't know what they were saying or, but you definitely seem to perceive like, so I was having contractions and then it was like, I got this, all, they, like they just kept coming. And, right. And then they did the fluid reduction, right? Uh-huh. Or I remember, 
Yeah. No, yeah, and, you're right. So then they decide because I had guys because I had um ex- the this condition called duodenal atresia where she couldn't swallow amniotic fluid. I had a ton of extra amniotic fluid. So they thought that if they maybe reduced the amount of fluid, so drained off some of the fluid, then it would help like the contraction slow down. So they drained off like maybe a liter of fluid somewhere around there. And then you started having more contractions. Yeah, it just kept kept going. And then um, everybody, that's when like everybody was kind of like trying to smile through it and be like, yeah, well, maybe we'll try uh, some magnesium or whatever it was, you know. And I just remember at some point like calling my mom. Uh-huh. Because you were like the go-to, the in-between to talk to the family. Yeah. And then y'all like almost trying to clown me because I was telling her that everything was going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I was looking back at y'all like, y'all have been lying to me this whole time trying to act like everything's okay. So how are you, you know, like, how are you? (laughs) And by y'all, you mean like, why are you including me? You like, well, you were a doctor and you included in the rest of the healthcare professionals. All of y'all were like, it's going to be fine. Right. Right. When obviously like it, it, well, it was obvious to me that, that things were a little bit more serious than people were laying on, you know? Yeah, yeah. But again, this could also be just me and my natural suspicion of like, like I just walk into hospitals and have this expectation that something bad's going to happen. So. Gotcha. Well, you were very calm. Like I never felt like you were felt particularly worried about things, even if, even if you, you were. So I remember getting, I never felt like I was in a ton of pain, to be honest. Like it wasn't, Like I, I don't feel like I looked like I was, I mean, I knew I was hurting and I was having the contractions and I ended up getting an epidural just because they thought maybe that might slow the contractions down too, which it didn't. But I don't remember like looking or feeling in a a lot of pain. What do you remember about how I was like? Yeah, but I mean, you, 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 you were your sort of typical you. So like, yeah, you were quiet throughout most of it. Like maybe you let on that you were having the bad contraction once. And I just remember that because like it stood out because, you know, you were so quiet the rest of the time. Gotcha. And then I do remember when my water broke and then feeling like, okay, like this is legit kind of happening. Yeah. And I think I was just like, yeah, like y'all have been paying attention to what's going on, right? Like, <laughs> like can we stop pretending now? But, right, you know. right, right. Okay, so let's talk about the C-section. Let's not talk about the C-section. No, we got to talk about the C-section. So I ended up getting to a point where her heart rate kept dropping. And they were like, well, I think at that point I was eight centimeters. And uh, they're like, well, we can try and see if you can push. If not, you know, then we need to push because she's smaller. Maybe she can come out with me being eight centimeters. So we went to the back for the the operating room that didn't work. And then decision was made to go to C-section. So I've talked about how the C-section was a difficult experience for me because I could feel things that I should not have felt. So what was that like for you? Um, I mean, obviously it was not fun, you know, uh, and I don't know, you know, like I, I, I am kind of hesitant to talk about that part. Oh, why is that? 
couple of reasons. And again, like I, I've been thinking about this just because that was sort of, you know, you shared the questions with me beforehand. And that was the one that I saw, saw at the top of the list is like, you know, first child's birth. And, you know, and just sort of immediately it was like, I don't really, I don't know, like I, I'm not really like happy to discuss that. <laughs> and a couple of reasons. I mean, you know, we're, we're kind of at this moment in history where there's been a lot of, um, you know, uh, acknowledgement of, of racial pain and suffering, you know, of, of suffering and pain uh, among black people in particular. Right. Or of just this 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 sort of acknowledgement of the inequities, you know, in, in in the society around us, and and an awakening among a lot of this country who, you know, maybe didn't recognize just how bad things are. But at the same time, like so much of that awakening is like centered on, you know, having to have these examples of black pain and trauma to, for them to process and understand things, and. You know, like, I think, you know, that moment, like, I really see that as like a moment of like, black pain and trauma, right? You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, and you don't want to share that experience of. Yeah, so, so I guess. Our I, very I, personal trauma. Right. And, and that's the part that I left off, right? So, so, you know, there's, there's all this like awakening around racial injustice. And that's all like, you know facilitated by by certain people sort of like you know absorbing these stories of of black pain pain and trauma and i just don't that doesn't sit right with me right like that shouldn't be the way for so many people to learn you know we shouldn't have to have you know that be the central way for us to learn so just to kind of like i guess stay true to to that part of myself in terms of you know not necessarily putting forth you know these examples of black pain and trauma into the world like that kind of gives me pause about wanting to, to talk about this about this delivery you know yeah i think that's 100 percent fair so why don't but, we huh? well i was gonna say also too like it was it was like a really personal moment right like i do like the part that i think stands out the most clearly to me is like me like standing over you like trying to get you to focus just on me for a moment right yeah yeah, I like the higher things, and yeah, I guess I just kind of want to stay true to that. Like, you know, I, I was, you know, I just wanted that to be about us at that moment, and I kind of still do. If okay. that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's one hundred percent fair. I actually really like that. So, um, so yeah, so that that I really like that, and I appreciate that. I think we can summarize it up that it was fair to say that it was. I've and I've talked about it before. Sure. That it was traumatic um, for me. Uh, experiencing a C-section with inadequate anesthesia. Hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favorite to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. 
and that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. And then let's move on to the moments though afterwards. So we saw her being born, which will forever be ingrained or saw when she got held up (laughs) and she looked like a monster. Purple monster. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, she is like coming for everybody. (laughs) So that I remember. Yeah. And then they kind of whisk her off to the other other Mm -hmm. room. Yeah. And then the sort of decision of like, well, do I stay here or do I go over there? And yeah, but see, I don't remember that because they had given me drugs, but like more drugs by then. So I don't remember a whole whole lot after that. Yeah, that made the decision a lot easier when you, uh, <laughs> you know, because you were only like conscious for a few more moments. Wait, did you actually go? Because I don't remember. Yeah, because you know you don't remember because you were not. <laughs> you probably don't remember anything for the Chick Fil A like an hour later. <laughs> Okay, I did not know this. I, listen, y'all, can y'all believe this? We've been married for 15 years. Our child is about to be 13, and I did not know that he left. <laughs> I mean, I didn't leave the room. No, 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 no. I didn't mean leave the room. Like, I, I didn't know that you actually went to go see her in the other room. I did not remember that. Yeah, but I mean, and just to be clear, like, it wasn't like the, the rooms were attached. Like, I could still see uh-huh. you. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I very, very vividly remember i mean that's where i trained to be a doctor i remember the setup exactly okay <laughs> that's funny all right so then we get to the recovery room and yes i wanted chick-fil-a so bad and shout out to uh my bestie keisha reddick who y- y'all have heard on the podcast before for bringing me that chick-fil-a that was like the best chicken fingers and fries i've ever had in my life and then i remember i do remember you going to the NICU and taking pictures and coming back and me being like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you describe that. <laughs> I was like, oh, is she okay? Like, look at her ears. Like, look at her head. Like, what? I just thought she was like, not, I didn't get the warm, fuzzy, like, oh, here's my cute baby <laughs> feeling when I saw the pictures. I don't, what did you feel when you saw her? Cause she was tiny, y'all. She weighed three pounds, seven ounces. She was she long. Was, and, and she she had a skull that kind of like the fragments of the skull kind of rolled up on top of each other for a yes. while. So she had like a ridge on top of her head, which was kind of strange, but. And God, y- y'all, I, y'all forgive me. I love my child. She's beautiful. She's good. But it kind of reminded me, I want to say of like a Vulcan. From oh Star Trek, so, <laughs> sort of kind. I don't forgive me, but what you didn't think that? Tell me, you you thought that? It's just me. No, it's just you. Yeah, okay. So was I just extra over the top? Did you really look at her and was like, 
you didn't think, oh my gosh, she's so little. She said, why she look funny? Nothing. That was just me. No, no, that was just you. Sorry. <laughs> shout, shout out, to, shout out to me being a superstar, a mother. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I don't know. Like she was, she was, our, she was our child. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was just a continuation of my well-known anxiety problem, which I've gotten better at. But it was just the anxiety. <laughs> but you, what do you mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you saying no? It's not nobody think anxiety doesn't cause you to think your child looks like a Vulcan. Is that what? Oh no, I was more talking about the anxiety getting better part. But anyway. my, okay, my anxiety is better. It's better than it was then for sure. When it comes to our children, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, I guess because they're older and you know they can tell you when something's wrong. That's true. Because for a long time, I was especially. <laughs> We're not even going to get into that, how when I took her to the doctor and I thought she threw up and all that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, let, okay, let's focus. Let's focus. Let's get back on track. No, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just thinking of the time that she actually like projectile vomited and I kept it quiet because I didn't feel like going to the doctor. Because you knew that I would like lose it if I yeah. saw. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. So let's talk about having a child in the NICU. Um, for me, that was so hard. Even though we went to see her every day, twice a day, except for one day, we didn't go see her twice a day. And I still feel guilty about that. Um, I remember crying every day, just about for a while. And then like kind of cutting back on that. But that was definitely stressful. Yeah, I mean, of course that was stressful. Um, I just remember at some point, you know, especially once things kind of cleared up and, and we were, you know, there was less of a question. It, you know, actually, I take that back. Like, I never really had any, I was never really afraid, you know, that something bad was going to happen, which is kind of weird because, like, I remember the extubation, you know. Oh, God. I for- yeah, yeah. Yeah. And maybe, uh, maybe I was in denial, who knows. Um, but I just, I do remember like as things kind of went on, you know, a, a few weeks into it, I guess, just actually feeling kind of grateful almost. Um, and I think it was, it was the kid that was celebrating their first birthday in, in the NICU. I still remember that too. Yeah, for sure. That was, that was definitely like a, I don't know humbling, grounding kind of experience to see this child who had been in the NICU for a, you know, an entire year. And we were just there for a month. Like it just, I definitely, I I think as we got, you know, closer to her going home, felt grateful that she was doing well. She was growing all those things. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I I guess you, you hate to benefit in a way off of somebody else's suffering, but you know, that moment was just kind of, you know, this, this experience was obviously hard to get through and you know not fun at all but everything was had worked out you know so it's just like we had sort of gotten this insight into like how fragile this whole you know yeah. thing could possibly be and you know i guess how lucky we were so for sure yeah because after the surgery <laughs> which was funny and we some of the moments that we joke about were how the surgeon comes out. He used to always say the child, the child. <laughs> because I'm guessing he couldn't remember if he had just, if it was a boy or girl. So he would just call him all the child. 
He's and also he, German, so he's proficient that way. Yes, yes, exactly. And, and uh, um, uh, should we mention that I'm half German before somebody uh, sends emails? That is true. Yeah. Yes, yes, y'all. His his mother is German, so um, so that was a funny experience. And also, we had, I think. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I remember none of the doctors who I saw at all while she was in the NICU, except the time the, that time she got extubated too early. That was right after her surgery. I do remember that doctor because he helped calm me down. But the nurses were great. Yes. They were just like, I remember them being like, oh, no, you, you're going to come wash this child. Um, <laughs> You're gonna come change his diaper. Um, it, I, we, I was in a state, and we were both had a flexible um, work schedule. We could spend quite a bit of time there, so I feel like we got to know them very well. Yeah, and and to go back to the question earlier, you know, feeling you know, if I felt treated differently as a father, like they did, absolutely did not. You know, they were just as engaging and you know uh, willing to to bring me into things. As, as they were you, you know, so there I definitely felt treated equally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then actually I do remember one other doctor, the one at the very end, cause she ended up, she got transferred to um, the second hospital cause they needed space at the big hospital at Duke. And I do remember the doctor being like, y'all might want to go to the movies or something. Cause she's, <laughs> she, cause she's going coming home next week. And we were like, what? I mean, it can't, it was like Friday and she was like, Monday it's going to happen or something like that. Yeah. And I remember the moment of like, uh, you, you sure this is a good idea to send this child home with us? Cause we don't <laughs> really know what we're doing. So <laughs> it's like, she's a doctor. Y'all think she knows what she's doing, but this is different for her, which was yeah. totally true. Yeah. No, you, you know how to get the babies out, but <laughs> after that, you're <laughs> clueless. clueless. Yeah. 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 But we managed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we figured yeah. it out. We did, we did, we did, we did, we did. I would say the hardest part, and then as we kind of wrap up, was that in the beginning, like that that just sort of adjustment when she came home, we had to feed her all the dang time. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was a lot. Like I remember the, uh, I've got a picture of like all the little jars of breast milk, <laughs> you know, in the refrigerator. Like every three hours we had to feed her, I want to say. And those stupid, uh, the bottles with the valves in them yep. that had to be cleaned out and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and now look at her. She's 12. Yeah. Taller and than you. Much and, taller yeah. than me. Five, five inches at least at this point and counting. So, so I think we did good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think another part too that I've just kind of like let go of is like all the, the work, you know, not just like work, but the, the rote kind of like, you know, like washing bottles and, you know, the sort of routine where you like, you're in the middle of it. It's just so like tiresome and boring. But yeah, that part I just kind of forgot about. The yeah, go. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the second time around felt easy. So for our second pregnancy to me and the delivery, the C-section, that in general felt like, easy peasy for me how did it feel for you yeah you know uh, same like I, I don't it's horrible to say but i don't really remember much about it <laughs> like, <laughs> you know like i kind of remember going back to the room with you and you know 
couple minutes later, like, here's our second child. Yeah, know? I don't even, th- I think I was like, you don't have to come to the appointments. It's fine. I, like, I'll just, I'm just popping over for an appointment. Like, it was just way more laid back the second time. I, I believe I went to all the appointments, so, right? Like, oh, did you? I don't, is it bad that I can't remember? I felt like I was, wor- I don't know. I feel like maybe you did, maybe you did. I don't feel like it felt like a big deal. I know I wanted you there for the first time for all of them, but the second time I felt a little bit more like laid back about it. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we were definitely more relaxed. Yeah. 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 And the C-section was a much better experience. Yeah. But again, you know, same sort of thing where I was just from the moment we, we hit the door of the hospital, it's just like, what do we got to do to get out of here? You know, okay. I, I remember. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. <laughs> because I, <laughs> most of the time people go home on the third day after a C-section. Now I was motivated to go home early y'all. Cause I'm not a hospital person anyway, even though I work in hospitals, I don't like being a patient at all period. So day two, I had to keep my catheter in for a little bit because <laughs> I had like some scar tissue or something or whatever. And my, my physician was being extra cautious, like just keep it in, give your bladder some rest. So on day two, my catheter comes out and <laughs> Falcon is like, all right, let's go. We going home. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I think a couple other things have to happen before I can go. <laughs> <laughs> you were just like, no, no, no. You were like, let me go get the car. <laughs> oh, no, no, I mean, because I don't want people to think that I was like, me out, you know. No, you. I mean, you were kind of. So I, I do. Like, let's be clear. Like, you, you wanted to leave too. I totally um, wanted to leave. Completely wanted to leave. And if I remember correctly, it was more that like the nurse left out the part about, you know, she was like, well, we'll just pull this catheter out, and then y'all can go. But she left out the part about you having to like use the bathroom two times or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That actually yeah. proved that I could use the bathroom before I left. Yeah, so I was a little bit irritated, you know, to find out that we, we still had a few hours to go. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> but you did, you, you, yeah, but like you said, I, I, I'm being a little bit dramatic, guys. I wanted to go too. So it's not like I was ready to go. I hate being in hospitals. And he did, to his credit, I had staples. And I was not going back in order to get my staples taken out. So I took a staple removal kit home from the hospital and all the stuff for it. And he took my staples out at home. I feel like we were in trouble for telling that part. Like, weren't you supposed to go back to the doctor for that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's out there now. (laughs) And you did a very, and you did a very good job of taking my staples out. So thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) All right. So last thing, what would be like, if you could give one piece of advice to expectant dads, what would that advice be? Oof. Relax. I don't know. That's that's a good question. Um, I don't know. So I, I guess I'm I'm not a huge fan of this whole like mom dad thing, right? And this whole like division, you know. So you know, what's the advice to dads? Like, you get in there and be a parent. You know, like figure out what needs to be done and do it. Don't get tied up on the roles of what, you know, you, what you feel other people think you should be doing, you know, whatever expectations you, you think other people have, of you know, what parts you should be involved in and not be involved in, you know, like this is, yeah. So just get in there and, and I don't like this answer. <laughs> I don't like this part of the answer. Cause like, I don't want to say like, get in there and help because I don't want to sound like preachy about it, but 
resist this urge to feel that you know dads do certain things and moms do certain things you know um i mean i think what you said is already already great like don't feel tied to kind of like society expectations or anybody's expectations of what a dad should be yeah so i mean i guess that advice goes for 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 all parents you know not just dads but but moms too you know it's you know don't don't have the don't feel beholden to these sort of larger expectations about what your role should be in in either the, the pregnancy or the, the birthing process or or, or ra- raising the child afterwards you know and that is something that you 100 percent live by because full confession everybody between the two of us my husband is like <laughs> the better more organized parent in terms of getting things done for our children he takes them to school he does my girl's hair he does um the the best afro puffs i've ever seen um you know he takes care of school forms appointments things like that so he like the whole get in there and just do what needs to be done is certainly words that he lives by and i of course am forever grateful for that well i'm grateful for the opportunity to do it look are you Maybe like 90% of the time, but sometimes you'd be like, can you get in here and do like a little bit of <laughs> something, please? <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the next podcast. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Well, husband, thank you for coming onto my podcast and for being such a wonderful support person for me for nearly 15 years. You're you're welcome. Uh, I'm going to resist the urge. I'm going to snappy come back. You're welcome. <laughs> the, the comeback of, well, yeah, I came on because you harassed me until I said yes. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this. Thank you for letting me do it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so that is it for this rebroadcast episode. Do come on back next week. And until then, remember, you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.